good morning church just uh, 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 i noticed this my visit yesterday that there was some posting of uh, a birthday i don't know whether it's taking place in mfumbwe uh, i can't see memory she was headed for mfumbwe happy birthday and uh, probably to those who knew our colleague who was a member of our church local assembly here, Notanga uh, Cheta, now Mrs. Sabisero, the mother passed away this morning, so yeah, Mrs. Helen Cheta Mshonda. So please, you can also remember them. Uh, let's turn now to scriptures. Perhaps let me. I was given the, the, the eldership, gave me to speak on talents and the gifts from First uh, Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, I found the, the, in relation to the theme of our discussion, or the theme that we have set ourselves this, uh, this month, uh, uh, the, the church as a, a local body and finding our purpose in the local body. So what I did was to harmonize uh, the, the gifting that are in First Corinthians chapter 13 and uh, Romans chapter 12 in first, first Corinthians chapter 12, rather, there are two portions there, but perhaps it would be better we, we read the whole chapter of chapter 12, then we can read the first six verses from chapter, uh, chapter uh, 12 of Romans. Let me begin. Now, about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you are pagans, somehow or others, other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, to, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge by means of the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinction, distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking different kinds of tongues, and to all still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the works of the of one and the same spirit. 
and he gives them to each one just as he determines. The body is a unit through though it is made of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For, for we were all baptized by the Spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all given the same one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would, you, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in, in fact, God has arranged the parts of, in the body, the, the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? And it is there, as, and it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty while unpresentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but, that in, but its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are a, the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. And in the church, of God, in the church, God has appointed first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then workers of miracles, also those who having gifts of healing, those able to to help others those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But eagerly desire the greater gifts. We will look at Romans chapter 6, verse 12, uh, just the faces nine verses. <clears throat> I commence. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by renewing of your mind then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. 
For by grace given me, I say, every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of, each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to, to all, to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it to the proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently. If he's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Let's just pray together. Father and our Lord, we give you and call upon your name as we, we look at the scriptures regarding gifts and the, the church as a body of Christ with different members and the different interests. Yet, O oh God, you have endowed the church with many blessings and gifts. Some are utilized, others are buried. Yet, O oh God, your desire that all of us must rise to the occasion and be useful and fruitful in the, in the, in the kingdom of God. You have given us time and space that we may work for you. And in this, O oh God, we pray so as we remind ourselves of our calling and our your bidding, we ask that for the gifts that you have promised and given to those who have called upon your name, that, O oh God, they may be identified and used to the glory of your name in Christ Jesus. This we do ask as we plead in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, like I've said, I was given the task of looking at uh, chapter 12 of Corinthians, but what I did was just to look, because we we'll look at the similarities, or look at the presentation of Paul as regards to the gifts. I know that the ABC spent almost a longer time looking at the gifts last year. Uh, what we note, uh, probably as we look at uh, the subject which have called after looking at so many times I've called the message I've entitled the message called to save through God given gifts in the local assembly called to save through God given gifts in the local assembly you do not as we are reading uh, the subject on the from both the book of Romans and the first Corinthians chapter 12, the subject of talent that God has equipped us to save, the, to save in the body of Christ. And the gifts that are given to us are known as spiritual gifts. So each believer has been given this gift. If you are called, you are saved, you have a gift. You are either using it or not using it. Now there are many varieties of gifts, but the same spirit, and there are varieties of service by the same Lord. 
and a variety of activities. But the same God who empowers them all in everyone, as we read in the 1st Corinthians and the Romans. We all have different gifts, but all of them are equally important in carrying out God's plan here on earth, or specifically in this local assembly. Whatever gift you have, it's important to the service of his people or for the common good, as the scripture says in, in another verse. So like I've stated in analyzing the, this, we look at the three sets of gifts and the talents uh, given in 1 Corinthians 12 and the Romans, and we immediately observe that the gifts, talents, and the graces are segmented or classified in two miraculous and the ministers' spirits. Uh, the miraculous uh, uh, gifts or the sign gifts were the ones which were given to the early church which are specifically pronounced in the book of First uh, Corinthians. And if you look at the, uh, the book of Romans, you see that the classification there differs. They are not the same as per se in with the book of Corinthians. And mostly there we will see that they, they are what we may call uh, ministering or serving gifts because they are intended for the local church. The miraculous sign will accompany the, the early church to, uh, to accompany wonders and the miracles uh, uh, as the church was being grounded or as it was being cemented. Apostle Paul addresses the subject of spiritual gifts through three primary listings that I, I listed. Uh, combined these three lists produces a master list of representative spiritual gifts to the churches. They are, they are identified, as I said, can be classified as sign and the revelatory gifts that we uh, I spoke of, and also temporary gifts. They were temporary because they are intended to, for a specific purpose and cause. And these fall into the following uh, group category, perhaps as we look, uh, see them from the book of First uh, Corinthians, the apostleship, the working of miracles, the healing, speaking in tongues, prophecy, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, distinction between uh, spirits. They were essential because at the foundation of the church, uh, as you look at that, uh, it was uh, important to cement uh, the work of the Lord. Revelatory gifts or temporary gifts or miraculous gifts were applicable to the early church and the first out beyond the apostolic era. Though others may still contain uh, that these are still there. We don't see them in a, great, in a portion that we do not deny God's uh, uh, powers in using his gifts to people. But what was experienced in the early church uh, by the apostles and the apostles themselves are no longer uh, in effect. The spiritual gifts that characterized the early church cemented the foundation of the early church and mostly by individual, particularly those who, had, who held the, 
the office of either apostle or prophet. We are communicating the words and announcing what the Lord intended to do. However, permanent or serving gifts are given to the church today. Though we note that the list of poor that we, we, we saw in both, particularly the second part of First Corinthians and the, in the book of Romans, are not exhaustive in themselves. Uh, it does not give the complete list of the giftings or the endowment that God gives to, to his church and to his individuals. Uh, as you noted in the reading, some are so in small or minor that we don't even put concerns on some of these gifts that are in our midst and we ignore them as being less important. Today the Holy Spirit continues uh, to endow believers in various ways for the edification of the church. Uh, through what may be described as permanent and ministering gifts that are both speaking and uh, serving gifts. It is worth noting here that ministering gifts are classified also either as speaking gifts or serving gifts. These are gifts given to proclaim the truth of the scripture through preaching, through teaching, encouraging others, ex exhorting others, faith, spiritual discernment, and shepherding. We note that, uh, I think, from the Roman part, we see that preaching, teaching, exhortation, serves and helping, acts of mercy and showing mercy, leading and administration, giving, faith, spiritual discernment, evangelism, shepherding, and teaching are what are examples that we see existing in the church of today. They are gifts that should equip the church to properly function. And a, a number of us have these gifts. We see Apostle Peter in contrast, in contrast uh, saying well, believers today are given gifts as attested in the 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10 to 11, which reads as follows. As each one of you has received a gift, meaning a believer has a gift. As each one of you has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks in oracles of God, Whoever saves as one who saves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything, the ultimate goal is that God himself may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory, dominion, and forever and ever. Amen. Let me perhaps take the liberty or to briefly explain uh, the few gifts that we have seen, uh, like teaching. We note that teaching is specified in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28, which refers to both gifts and the office. The gift involves the spirit in doubt, ability to interpret and articulate the truth of God's word clearly and accurately, that those who teach 
must do so. Although men are assigned to elders, it is not the ex exclusivity of elders alone. Many of us can teach or can be endowed. In any case, elders come from among the people. So a number of people may have this gift of teaching, uh, as we have known, as you may recall, that uh, uh, Stephen was a man who was endowed with this gift, as we look in the in, in the Bible. The other gift that we note is that of ex ex exhortation. This gift refers to either admonishing those caught in sin, correcting those tempted by error and false teaching, comforting the hating or strengthening the weak. We see the examples in the Bible, Paul and the Barnabas are returned to Lystra and Iconium, strengthening the souls of the disciples and encouraging them to continue in faith. So we need to exhort, to encourage uh, those who come in our midst. They must be people who go back. They must be people among us who see the need to build, to inculcate the, the doctrines of faith in the people who have come to join uh, or who are new believers. As we see that in Acts chapter 14, verse 21 and 22. Service and helping. Helping and service are synonymous, as we may perhaps recall, though in the church it is assigned to the, to the deaconate or the diaconate office. Uh, they are called to serve the tables. Like I've said in the case of uh, elders, Many of us can serve because also deacons are called from among us. We choose. The brother has a gift. Let him serve. It's a broad term that can refer, refer, refer to any kind of service or assistance rendered. So many of us may have this gift of service. Many of us may have the uh, gift of helping. And either it's being nurtured or it has not fully come to the fruition. Leading and administration. Those with the gift of leading and administration, as we noted in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, are responsible for guiding the assembly spiritually in everyday decision making. Those exercising this gift are, are to lead with zeal. You are called if you are seeking to lead you are supposed to serve with the, all your, your mind, or your zeal, or your effort. The other one which we have noted, uh, particularly I think from the, the book of Romans, is giving. The gift of contributing to generosity to the work of God, or sacrificial giving to the work of God, is what is referred to in here. As believers, believers with this gift are equipped. All of us can give to a common cause, but believers with this gift are equipped with a strong desire and the eagerness to assist or meet the needs of fellow Christians and give cheerfully. They don't boss about it, they do it cheerfully because it's a gift that is flowing. The Lord has given it to them. 
to save the, the church of God. Uh, I don't know how many of us know that uh, the church that uh, this particular uh, building that we're in, part of our funds came from the John Lane Foundation, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, that is a type of giving, giving philosophically uh, to the work of God, giving beyond the measure, giving, uh, you could see perhaps uh, John Lane, even after he had died, would not think of Riverside. But these are efforts of giving when we pray to the extension of the kingdom. We are giving to the extension of the kingdom. It will go beyond what you are doing as of now. So this is what is we see when we are talking about the gift of giving. It goes beyond the borders sometimes of our local congregation. Showing mercy, the act of mercy conveys an attitude of sympathy towards those hating as well as the ability to comfort and console the downcast. The downcast. This gift is attributed to believers. It is expressible acts of kindness. There are those with the heart. We are all believers. But sometimes you even wonder, but there are those who speak with words you feel moved, you feel encouraged, you feel warmed when they speak to you. Ah, this was man's just sent for me to encourage me in these circumstances. There are those who move. God sends people of such nature of mercy to encourage when you are downtrodden. They speak with words of comfort, not the words that we give at our they know the Lord gives them the wisdom of reaching out to your heart. And at the end of the day, you say, the Lord for sure sent this person to comfort me. You cannot doubt it because you see the degree of difference in the, in the presentation of these uh, kind of things. There's uh, also the gift of faith. We all have faith, not saving faith. Faith all believers have saving faith or have received saving faith. But what we are talking about here when the gift of faith is uh, in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 9 refers to extraordinary ability to trust God in the face of difficulties or challenges or even hardship to remain faithful. The faith, those endured with this gift are prayer warriors and trusting God at every turn and believing his promises. When we have circumstances, others say, ah, we, if, he, if Papa, we can't do it. But beyond us, there are those who still say, no, our God is a faithful God. Our God is a God of miracles. Our God has never failed. They nature, they encourage, that is faith. They go beyond the ordinary realms of things to see God in his ability to do things that we cannot see by human eyes. So we have people in, or we are supposed to have men and women in the local congregation 
Have you wondered that certain times you have done things and all of a sudden maybe a temporary gift of faith to trust God for this very particular thing. I'll hold on because I know that my God is faithful. And at the end of it all, that's why we can sing count your blessing. Because having looked back now, we see the grace of God in all that would have let us down. But because of his faithfulness, he has given us faith to go through certain experiences of life. Mm, we have also what we note as a spiritual discernment, mostly used in the early church for the purpose of uh, getting rid of false teaching and the false doctrine. But even in our day, this gift is necessary. We still have false teachers amidst us. I remember somebody put up a list of false teachers and there was a, a reaction from believers. No, we are judging others. This is the ability to distinguish between spirits and the ability to identify forms of false teaching. False teaching does not come as false teaching. It is a mixture of good things that make doctrinal life. But at the end of it, uh, very poor, very poisonous like gangrene, as they would say. So you need sometimes people who can identify what is this, this person really talking about. Uh, that is a gift that we need in our midst. I've talked about this because they are common, but there are also gifts that are not common, that we cannot identify. Perhaps now, how can we, or in which ways you as an individual, can we use the spiritual, gifted, spiritual giftedness in the life of this church as individual here? Perhaps you may not fall in the category that I have defined, explained, but has God left you that you have no gift? No. The scripture still tells us that God has endowed you with a gift. Even if it doesn't fall in this category, there is something, there is work for you. The work only assigned for you to do by the Lord. All our gifting can find their expression in the church of God or local assembly. Each believer has been given a gift to edify the body of believers. We referred to 1 Peter chapter 4, and we see that the scripture says, oh, there's no exception. So if you have been called to grace, called as a believer, called as a saint, you have a gift. How are you using your gift? Are you serving your local assembly with your gift for the edification of the body of believers at, at this assembly. I wonder at times in certain other churches, I see four or five choirs. Here we have sometimes a seasonal choir which comes once in a while. It's gone. But we have talented people who can sing. We are not expressing this gift of singing, to use it to the glory of God, to sing. I've been reading through the hymns the last couple of days, and see how these have been written. 
and put together. They have been put together by people who have expressed their work, the challenges they have faced with the Lord along the path of life. And amidst us, when we sing, we still sing to the glory of God. We'll talk more about it later. For sure, just like the hymnal, there's a work for Jesus ready at your hand. It's a task the master just for you has planned. The master has a plan for you as we see it from Ephesians chapter 2, uh, 8 to 10. That we may work, work in the works already prepared for him. The list below that I'm about to give is not exhaustive, but provides a guide to many ways as believers can express their spiritual gifts in a local assembly. We therefore, these are non-miraculous gifts that I'm referring to here. Non-miraculous ministry gifts, which are general broad. The New Testament does not define them in any narrow sense, but applies the abilities that we have in unique and valid ways. Some of our spiritual gifts can be expressed in local assembly through the following ways. Uh, I've talked about the choir. We have young men and women, older voices. Uh, some are facing. Uh, sometimes we used to have a duo's band and so on. It's gone. We used to have uh, two choirs here. They are going. Where is the expression of singing to the Lord? through a praise team or choir. Don't we have the voices? Don't we have people who can sing to the glory of the Lord? Where are you? Where, how will you glorify the Lord? We referred to the issue of um, exhortation. Being involved in discipleship, there are a lot of people who need counseling, who need follow-up who need to be grounded into things of the Lord. Yes, it's the work of the elders, but each one of us has got the responsibility in extending and reaching out to, to the work of the Lord. As you notice, uh, 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 being given to this, uh, to teach, uh, becoming an usher and welcoming visitors at the door may look so simple, but it's a great task, just like a vein in the body. It may not be important, you don't even know how when the blood is flowing, but the responsibility given there at the entrance of welcoming visitors, ushering, is also a greater responsibility. We, also, we always look at such tasks as me, and not a defy. It contributes to the work of the Lord. Imagine we have no ashes. What will happen? Uh, participate in YP activities in the service as a youth leader or mentor. The youth leaders, the youth of today are the future leaders of tomorrow. And therefore training is, uh, we draw our training in some of these groups. 
the group that we have will soon be going. And sometimes we find challenges in, in getting leaders in these ministries. Ladies fellowship, men's fellowship, you call this brother, no, me I'm not given to this, I'm not called and so on. We don't desire to save the Lord with the capacities that the Lord has given us. Participate in the ministry of teaching Sunday school. I believe that Sunday school has made several announcements at times to, for people to join them. It's a ministry, it's a calling, it's a gift. I don't have that gift myself to sit, to listen to children. But I think there are those who have a special heart. Uh, they understand, they flow, they reason go together. It's a special calling, and it must be used for that occasion. Uh, let's use it to the glory of God. We have a number of people here. Some made the promises, no, I'm a Sunday school teacher, where I was. But they come one year, two years, three years. They are nowhere. Where are you putting your, your gift? Where are you saving? Help clean the facilities or maintain the building grounds. It's a gift. At one time, uh, our deacon, deacon Arthur, was like a full-time person who was working here. He was always found at the local assembly, doing all kinds of things. Uh, he was available for the service. He would do uh, a number of things uh, for the glory of uh, of God. You didn't you needn't need to tell him. He looked around and engaged himself and did these things willingly. We can also express our selves to do certain things for the church. We have a media team and uh, young people can find you people are talented, you don't even need to read like us, BBC who find it difficult even to use what we, we have read. You, you just look and you just pin here and there, things work. Why don't you express your values and uh, gifts in the media team? It's part of saving, it's part of uh, extending the kingdom of God. Uh, helping with administrative and secretarial work. The, we sometimes we need a number of things here. Uh, we are compiling the church register and uh, I'm not sure how far we have gone. We have been talking of a website uh, for the riverside. They have, we have potential, we have people. But where are we? How can we reach out in the days of COVID? We need certain other tools that we can employ to use our at uh, our disposal. Get involved in the outreach programs. I think the, a number of years have passed now, we have not been involved in evangel, but uh, when we, whenever the uh, uh, outreach programs are called, very few come to attend these functions or, or to save to get involved in the outreach program. It's a gift. It's a calling. 
In fact, from Matthew 28, all believers must be involved. Getting involved in missions is a responsibility of the church to get involved in missions. You know that last year, we planned as a church that we we'll do missions outreach to Eastern Province, Petalundazi, and we had a program to Malawi. All those could not work at a short notice. Uh, That's when uh, COVID was crumbling in, and all our programs came to a standstill. The work of evangelism is, cannot be done the way we are doing it. But should we stop? We should find ways of reaching out. We must be, there must be a Barnabas amidst us. The Bible describes Barnabas as a son of encouragement. Let's find people who are eager to organize support to families in crisis, support to individuals who are, who are in distress, encouraging others, just like Barnabas was an encouragement to, to, to others in the local assembly. We should become prayer partners. It's a gift. Uh, praying, we can, but there's also the gift of prayer that people, when they have prayed, you feel that this is a prayer that is flowing from the heart of God, given. Let's find ourselves, express our, grat- our gratitude to God, praying. There are not things if you are praying in your home. It's not a gift that will be identical to everybody. But God knows of your labors in the privacy that you are, of your home, the gift that you have been given. How many times do you pray for the minister of the work? How many times do you pray for the leadership of this church? How many times have you prayed or asked, where people have been asking, for so many years we have been praying about the pastor, no pastor's coming. Are you involved in praying for this or seeking God's will? Why is it taking so long to have this response come for us? You can long to serve as an elder, as a church elder. Many of us sometimes, there are times when we have all that potential to serve. And sometimes it's a job which people, uh, it's not about the title. When you are about, you are there, you think the eldership is, I know that people know, but it calls for out of your comfort, using your own resources, doing things at awkward times. But oh, that is for the glory of God. You must be prepared. That's where the, the zeal that we mentioned must come from. You are giving yourself to commitment. The time sometimes we meet here are late. Uh, sometimes we are here up to 22, 22.30 and so on. So it will disrupt some of your programs that you plan. But that's what God has called you to save. Save with the zeal that he has given you. Provide counseling services for members of the assembly. There are many ways we can reach out. The young people today are distressed by many things. Where are the people to counsel? Why are they doing wrong things? Are we reaching to them? 
elder women teach young women the way they should go? Are we reaching to, to, to the young women? Are we reaching out to the young men in the church, encouraging them? There are people who are endowed with these uh, gifts. Why are we still having gaps? Why are we now still having shortcomings? There are those amateurs. Uh, we used to have a, ministry, a hospital ministry uh, 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 team. It died. I don't know how, but uh, the members are still here. Hospital ministries serve a good purpose. It was not going about going to the hospitals. It was serving and reaching out to those distressed who were laid down, reaching out to them, reading scriptures for those who are failing to reach out, providing words of counsel, providing uh, ministry to people who are unable to attend services. Or, as young people, send encouraging cards to members in the assembly. Or we have heard about your circumstances. We, uh, we're sending you love and a greeting from the church. How do they do such things when they are reached and received by people? How do they feel? They feel loved and they welcome and they encouraged. So there are many ways each one of us can pray, can play a part. Uh, there's an issue today in the old days, we, perhaps we, we never used to have it, what we are now calling single parent, parenthood. A number of us, we know those who have uh, are believed or who have challenges are single parents. They have children, if they are men, who are ladies. They are ladies who have children who are men. They are growing these children with challenges. Yet we have men and women in the church who could extend a, a hand to help uh, such families, to help such children. Yet when we stand here in membership, when we welcome members, we stand here and we, 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 we give ourselves to help. When the hour of helping comes, we fold our hands. We are not helping. Where are we? Let's stand up and give ourselves. Respond to the challenges, the call that the Lord has given. Be a docus. You saw the response of the women, how they cried uh, about docus when they are at the point of believing. They were, they were moved because they saw how she touched their hearts. And our call, the gifts we have, is that we may touch the hearts of other believers. In the end, the women glorified God. In the end, the people we visit, we touch, will glorify God. So let's move to say, I've already talked about praying for your local church and its members. You can have a series, just names. Today I'm praying for this person. I'm praying for Riverside Extension this week. Central House Group, going through. You may not know the challenges that are going, but as you pray, God will aid and give you uh, the, 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 the words appropriate for the occasion. The one who gives you to pray for the people who he brings to your mind has a purpose, and therefore you become an intervention. 
God does not use angels, he uses us. So let's see. I talked about the endowment or giving. Uh, most of us find giving a very big challenge. It's not part of the scheme we have, majority of us, in giving to the local assembly. Even when we may have the ability to do so, we don't. But if you look at the people in the Bible who are giving, they were giving from the list that they had. They didn't have enough. The John Lang I said to was a contractor. And he left an endowment. Most of us, we are happy when the, the churches are supported by foreign aid from abroad. And we are happy. But we can also be givers to these resources that we have. We can give Zafes uh, and the many other parachurch organizations. Have they not been working? Are they not, are some of us beneficiaries of these institutions that have served so graciously in their days? Many of the people in the 80s and the 70s, 80s, we were really reached out by Zafes. But see the state, how many contributions or how many, which churches are giving to the support? Which individuals? It's a calling. Let's have uh, perhaps a contribution made for towards Riverside Chapel. For it needs not to be announced, but we can give to the cause of the church. Uh, we have not have that custom ourselves in the our history of giving to, to willing our resources I'm giving to church. I remember when we were, there's a gentleman when we were just leaving Lusaka Baptist Church in the 90s. Uh, he wrote a will that all his property should be willed to Lusaka Baptist Church uh, when he died. So, let's think about these things. What does God ex expect of your spiritual endowment? Perhaps that will be as I conclude. God created each and every one of us with a unique purpose. He equipped us with gifts of talents so that we might be able to make an impact for his kingdom while here on earth. That's the purpose you are there for. It is possible to be a member of a local assembly, but never find the expression of your gift in whatever way that makes the church function properly. Yes, church attendance is important, in the life of a Christian, because by doing so, you are obeying God. But it's important to express. What about Ephesians 2? You are attending church, but the Lord has said, what about your works? As sometimes, perhaps, evangelical procession, we seem to count the cost of work on the negative. But scripture attests to it that there will be uh, account for your works. There will be account for the works. The works that are expressed in which the Lord has prepared for you. In effect, talents and the graces given to us are themselves gifts of God's grace. 
For they are a crown in us for the work of Christ as epitomized in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 10. His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Brethren, however, scripture gives a warning for either misuse or underutilization of gifts given to us. The scripture gives a, a warning or to either misuse or underutilization of gifts given to us. In the parable of the talents, the Lord Jesus helps us to understand our calling and our responsibility to use what God has given us to bring him the glory and honor. The gifts given are in themselves an investment with the expected returns. The Lord does not, if you look at the parable of the talents, the Lord expected returns from each of the three servants. Two invested, one buried. Have you buried your gift? What are the consequences of the one who buried his gift? The parable of the talent should encourage us and challenge us to take what God has given us as an investment in the kingdom. There is a great reward waiting for those who asked, who steward, who steward well with their spiritual gifts given to them. Further, the quality of each believer's work shall be revealed as we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10, I think, it will be revealed because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each believer's work of what sort it is. What sort will be your, uh, your work? What quality of work are you going to present before the Lord? What quality of your gift, the resultant of your works, what are you going to present? Will it be quenpe or through fire? Yes, you will be said that what quality of work are you going to present before your master? Are you investing your giftedness for the greater return in the vineyard? Or is it that you have not realized your giftedness to save the Lord Jesus? Have you are you investing your giftedness for a greater return in the vineyard or is it that you have not realized your giftedness to save the Lord? Every one of us has a gift. How are you using your gifts? Some have more than one gift. How are you using your gifts that the Lord has given to you? Like we are the church, the eldership has focused, we are looking at the church as a body of believers. Every one of you can contribute to the life of this church. Every one of us can make a turnaround for this church. Every one of us, if we put our gift together, we have even struggled sometimes to get people to just uh, leading here. Uh, we use the same people, no one is willing to come and so on. Every one of us as a gift. You are part of the body of believers in this assembly and you have a role to play prepared the master himself. 
That's why he brought you. The Lord does not bring you to be a city woman. He has called you to work. You have a role to work. Indeed, there is a work for Jesus. Ready for at your at, uh, at your hand. It is a task the master just for you has prepared. We have seen gifts. We have what we may call talents, graces, and so on. But these are to save the church. How are you saving your gift? How are you utilizing that gift? How are you... Have you recognized that you're gifting and so on? It's my prayer that we search through our hearts. How many years have you been a member? Is there anything that you can point yourself uh, to to show that your ministry have been involved as a member in this local assembly? What legacy will you leave behind? Let's pray. Father and our Lord, we thank you for today. We give you all the glory. We pray that our God will find the expression of our hearts in the gift that you have given us. To some, O Lord, you have revealed these gifts. Others, O God, are in abeyance. Others may not even know about it. But, O Lord, you say that you, each one of us has been given a gift for the glory of your name and for the edification of the body of believers in the local assembly. Cause us that each one of us, every member may find the expression of the gifting in this local assembly that will touch the heart of each other, that will encourage one another, will reach out for one another, who cooperate, give hand to one another and do exploits for the kingdom of God. May you, O oh Lord, remember your promises, visit us afresh, and renew our strength in you in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen.